welcome to another episode of The Leading Mindset. I'm your host, Ali Payani. Today, I have a really great guest, Adam Mendler. He's the CEO of Velos Group and a host of the Business and Leadership Podcast, 30 Minute Mentor. Hello, Adam. Ali, how are you? Good. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Sure. Uh, we're really, really excited to have you here. I was uh, actually honored to be a judge panel at one of your class at UCLA. It was a lot of fun. So I hope that uh, I can also participate later more. Uh, you are you have a, a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration and then Political Science, MBA from UCLA, and then also you're teaching at graduate level, right, at the UCLA? Yeah, so I did my undergraduate at USC. I got two degrees there, as you mentioned, undergraduate degree in business, undergraduate degree in political science, and then I got my MBA across town at UCLA, so I was able to get the best of both worlds, best of both parts of Los Angeles, my hometown, and I've been back teaching. Uh, as you know, I don't know how much your listeners know, but I've been privileged to have you come in as a panelist for the class that I teach, a teamwork and leadership class in data science. And it's just been a ton of fun. I love talking about leadership to all kinds of audiences, whether it's on my podcast, whether it's the companies I speak to, or whether it's in the classroom. And the ability to share that message is so much fun. And I'm excited to share whatever I can with your audience today. Thank you. Yeah, it was uh, really great to be in your class and uh, being among the judge and, and the panelists. And it really something that was really exciting to me was I wanted to share also in here for the uh, all the, uh, the listeners or if you were watching us that you didn't share instruction with your students on how they going to they need to present their uh, slides or the topic. And they chose the kind of like the materials in their presentation. And I was really fascinated about that because each one of the group had a really different approach to the leadership. And can you, can you, what is your takes on that? You usually do this with your students, you know, because that also, I would say, increases the creativity among the leaders, right? Yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that. And I'm a big believer in trying to empower people and trying to provide guidance to people, but to try to give people direction to try to give people a sense of where to go, but not to hold people's hands, not to mm. tell people what to do, but to be there as a resource to help people to get to where they want to be. And that philosophy is something that I try to bring to the workplace as a leader. It's something that I try to bring to the classroom with my students. So in the case that you observe with the final presentation, I didn't tell the students do this do that, this is exactly what I want to see, because what does that accomplish? I don't want my students to regurgitate information. I want my students to go back and figure out what is it that is at the core of what we're trying to accomplish in this class. And as you saw in, in the final presentation, there was so much there that I was sitting back and taking in and enjoying because I really had the privilege of seeing my students pull all these different elements that they had taken from the lectures, from the guest speakers, from the reading, from their own research, and tie it together. And to me, that's what it's all about. Sure. 
Uh, let's start with your entrepreneurship kind of like the stories and journeys. You know, you are a CEO of Willis Group. So tell us more about that, you know, so how it all started. And then I wanted to get into the leadership after that. Yeah. So I was in my late 20s. I was working for a big company. At that point in my career, I had worked for a couple of big companies in the world of financial services. My first job out of college was working for the largest hedge fund in the world at the time. After business school, I took a job working for a big bank. And in between, I had interned for a couple of very large companies in the entertainment industry. And I felt like if there was ever the right time in my life, the right time in my career to do something entrepreneurial, it was then and there. I had this feeling that, you know, obviously I was never gonna get any younger. That's not a rocket science observation. But, you know, my energy wasn't going to get any higher. My expenses were never going to get any lower. I was at a point in my career where if just for a variety of reasons, it made sense. More importantly, though, I really wanted to make an impact. I really wanted to do something that I felt like I wasn't necessarily doing in the corporate world that I had the opportunity to do on my own. I had a vision for something that I wanted to do. And my brother, who's a couple years younger than me, uh, he's way more entrepreneurial than I am. I have been an entrepreneur, entrepreneur now for a decade or so, but my brother is really a lifelong entrepreneur. And he, you know, was um, sort of driving me in a sense to um, work together. And he had a bunch of ideas. I had some ideas and we said, you know what, let's work together and try to take a bunch of these ideas and turn them into businesses. And our first couple of years working together, we pushed on a ton of different ideas. We pushed on candidly too many ideas to even remember. I don't even know that I could recall all the different ideas that we worked on because there were so many of them. And that was a big mistake. That was one of our biggest mistakes, uh, Ali. I don't know how much time we have on this podcast, but we definitely don't have enough time to go through all the mistakes that I've made. Forget about all the mistakes I've made in my life or all the mistakes that I've made in my career, but all the mistakes I've made in my entrepreneurial journey. But that was a big one. And it wasn't until about a year and a half in that we recognized that we had to really focus, that if we were running in a hundred different directions, we were never going to be able to run forward. And we wound up just focusing on the two concepts that were closest to monetization. And we wound up turning those two into businesses that run today. We started a third business over the years that also runs today. So at the Veloz Group, we oversee three different businesses and three different industries. Uh, and then in addition to that, I do a lot of writing and speaking. I have the podcast on leadership. So teaching. So Definitely busy, definitely engaged, but important to, no matter what you're doing, no matter how many things you're doing, stay focused on whatever it is you're trying to accomplish and achieve. So you pointed to the earliest stage of the businesses. So I remember in mind, you know, so all those mistakes and then you just wanted to do more. You wanted to have like the different strategies and then you want to try the other, any, a lot of like stuff all together until you get having like a really right direction. But what do you think would be a, 
common mistakes that entrepreneur or any leaders should be look for in the maybe a year or the first two years of the earliest stage of their business? You know, is it like only financial they really need to be taken care of, or what are the maybe the top three that they really need to focus on? Yeah, I'll give you three. We can probably go through thirty, but I'll give you three. Uh, <laughs> one of them is just to reiterate what we just spoke about is the importance of focus, not to get pulled in too many different directions. Remain laser focused on what your end game is, what your mission is, what your core product is. And it, to expand on that, I think what often happens is entrepreneurs have great vision. Successful leaders have great vision. Successful entrepreneurs have great vision. And it's very tempting to try to actualize your vision in your first swing at the plate. And what you need to do is you need to take one step at a time. You need to understand that Rome wasn't built in a day and neither will your business. So go step by step, focus on building a viable product. Once you bring a viable product to market, focus on making that product better and then making that product better and then making that product better mm -hmm. until you ultimately have whatever it was that you envision that is now your product and then focus on making that better but focus and you know keep your eyes on the prize so that's a big one you mentioned the importance of um you know we'll, we'll call it the financial component of your business that's critical I think all too often entrepreneurs, and I was absolutely guilty of this in the early innings of my entrepreneurial journey, entrepreneurs get swept up in the vision, get swept up in what they want to achieve, what they want to accomplish. And they lose focus of the fact that in order to stay in business, it's pretty simple. You need to have more money coming in than money going out. And if you don't have enough money in the bank account, you're, you're not going to be around. You're going to have to go back and get a job because you're not going to be able to feed yourself. You're not going to be able to feed your employees. You're not going to be able to pay your bills. And as an entrepreneur, you have to be extremely focused on cash flow, particularly if you're an entrepreneur like I am, where you're building bootstrap businesses, where you're building the kind of businesses that aren't necessarily hockey stick type businesses, where you're not going out and raising big venture capital. Uh, we self-funded, we were really focused on building businesses that were you know, able to grow uh, organically. And in that case, it's imperative to focus on cash flow, money in, money out. So that's a second one. Um, you know, a third one that I'll, I'll give you is just the importance of team, the importance of people, uh, and that starts with you. Something that I tell audiences all the time is that you know, I'm a big believer that most people in life are bad at most things. I personally am bad at too many things to list. The list is endless. We're all good at a few things, and we all have that one thing that we're great at, that we're exceptional at. You know, It's our superpower. It's the thing that makes us unique, that makes us different, that makes us special. And as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as someone in charge of a business, as someone in charge of 
not only where you want to take your own life, but where you want to take the lives and the careers and the fates and destinies of others, you need to be laser focused on what it is you're good at, what it is you're great at, what it is that you don't do all that well. You need to lean into your strengths and you need to surround yourself with people who complement your strengths. Because at the end of the day, time is a finite commodity and you want to spend as much of your time as possible focusing on the things that you really excel at and surrounding yourself with people who excel at the things that you don't do so well so that you can effectively hand those things over to your teammates. And right. to me, you know, those are a few things that no matter what kind of business you're building, no matter what kind of industry you're in, you can take to the bank. Well, I wanted to continue more on the uh, lead, leader and their relationship and communications with their team because that's really important for me too. You know, so at Look in LA, if you remember, I told you we have like a pod structure. So there's, because I really hate the hierarchy model that, oh, here's your boss, or really I wanted to know like, what is the best idea here? So everybody shares, you know, the ideas, you know, the executions levels or the strategic levels. And we really kind of, I believe that it should be, all the companies should be really like a family. So there should be no really hierarchy. And uh, so the leader can really communicate in the same, you know, like topics or subjects with the all team members. Uh, what, what are your takes on that, you know, in terms of like the, if someone have a company with defined hierarchies or is it better really to have like something defined as like a team, you know, like a pod structure, you know, where everybody's like working together. So what are your t takes on that in terms of the, from the leader's perspective? Well, I kind of want to take a step back and in my view, there's no one right approach uh, mm -hmm. to this. So I don't want to tell you that, you know, do this, do that. Uh, I, I think that so much of it is situational. Now, I do believe that the core principles of leadership are universal. I think that when you take a broad brush and you say, you know, here are five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten principles of leadership, they can apply to running a small business, they could apply to running a Fortune 500 company, they could apply to running a basketball team, running a unit in the military. So I, I want to delineate those two points. On the one hand, it's important to understand and recognize and implement the core principles of effective leadership, but at the same time recognize that there are things that will work for certain companies that may not necessarily work for others. And you do need to iterate, you do need to experiment. And one of those things is recognizing that we're all different. And you know, I'm a big believer in uh, really taking the time to understand who it is that you're managing, who it is that composes and comprises your team. Because if you have people who need to be actively managed, that's one thing. If you have people who you know, just sort of need a pat on the back and um, really want you there more as a resource and as a guide and are highly self-motivated, that's, those are the best kinds of people. Um, it, it requires a, a different style of leadership. Now, both styles, to me, both styles of leadership have certain commonalities. In neither case will I be yelling, in neither case will I be screaming, but the incentive structures might be different. My approach might be different. The time I spend 
might be different. The way I structure things might be different. So mm -hmm. I don't know if that directly answers your question, but those are a few thoughts that hopefully listeners might be able to apply. Yeah, that was great. What do you think of um, how defining goals can make you a better leader? Uh, critical. You, you spoke, we spoke earlier about some of the most important things that entrepreneurs need to do when they're in the early phases of their entrepreneurial journey. And it applies whether you're an early stage entrepreneur, whether you're uh, an entrepreneur at any level, whether you're not an entrepreneur, whether you're a leader, whether you're, you're it doesn't even, it doesn't matter what you're doing in your life, goal setting is critical to success and critical to being an effective leader. So I'm a big believer in the importance of setting goals, setting goals big, setting goals small. And a few tips around goal setting. Uh, number one is don't set too many goals. What happens is we have a tendency to say, all right, these are the 10 things that I want to do. And when you have 10 things that you want to do, you get overwhelmed by the list that you put together. And you say, and you look at the list and you say, all right, get really excited. I'm going to do these 10 things. And then the next day you say, oh, you know, I'm going to watch some Netflix instead. So I'm a, a big believer in setting a small number of goals, set two goals, set three goals and set daily goals and set long-term goals, set medium-term goals. So what do I want to do today? What are the highest priority things that I want to achieve today? Now, what I said, uh, I, I kind of cheat on because I personally have a to-do list that is endless. I have you know, way more things on my daily to-do list than I will ever achieve. But I recognize that on my to-do list, there are priorities that I want to get to. So on that to-do list, I have my two or three things that I need to knock out, period, that I need to get done every day. Today, I, I could name the four things that I need to do, and they're a combination of personal and professional things. One of those four things is going to the grocery. So the other three are uh, you know, professional. One of those uh, three is being on the podcast with you. One of the other of those three is recording a podcast this afternoon that will air in uh, a couple months. So I'm very focused on a day-to-day -day basis on what do I need to get done each day? And then what are my goals for the year? What are my goals for, for 2022? And I have them. Hopefully you have them. Hopefully everyone listening has them. And if you don't, write them down. Uh, it, it all starts with setting clear, definable goals. Don't set too many and just go after them. Great advice. Yep. Uh, another issue is that I sometimes talk about it a lot is uh, mentorship, business coaches, or sometimes I call it as a business therapist. Uh, when I moved to the United States to be an entrepreneur, I, the first thing I did I was looking for a mentor because it was like, oh, I, I knew the, the importance. But it's still, I'm seeing like some entrepreneurs that they are in business five years or sometimes 10 years and they are struggling. But one of the issues could be like, hey, 
do you have any mentors that you're talking to? Do you have any like business coach? And I sometimes hear that they are against it. So what do you think your maybe advice would be for anyone who doesn't have a mentor or business coach? So what do you think yeah. about that? Great topic and something that we, we could spend not only an entire podcast on, but we could do an entire series of podcasts on, but I'll give a couple of tips. So first and foremost, I think it's important to understand that if you don't have a mentor, don't approach someone and say, be my mentor. That's not what you want to do. So that that's the worst approach. But there are so many other things you can do that will be effective, and I'll give a few of them. So number one is recognize that there are different forms of mentorship. You can find a traditional mentor. We'll talk about that first. So if you want to find a traditional mentor, again, don't go out and, and cold contact, contact someone cold and say, hi, my name is Ali. You and I don't know each other. Will you be my mentor? Would you do that if you were pitching someone for their business? Would you do someone? Yeah. Would you do that if you were um, asking someone out on a date? You want to try to develop a relationship. You want to try to connect with someone where there's some level of commonality. Now, I am a big believer in going out and reaching out to people cold. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to reach out to people who you don't know. But don't reach out and immediately say, can you be my mentor? Reach out to people who you're interested in getting to know, who you have some kind of commonality with. Maybe you have a common level of, uh, of interest. You mentioned people who are new to the country. Maybe you reach out to people who have a similar um, ethnic background or who come from the same country as you or who have similar hobbies or who you know went to a, attended a similar went to a similar university or there, there are so many things you can do to just try to find that that commonality um, go to the attend the same synagogue the same uh, mosque church whatever just try to find a common bond much in the way you would try to make a friend who would be someone that you would want to spend time with organically I like baseball, you like baseball, I like backgammon, you like backgammon, next thing you know, this relationship evolves organically. So if you're trying to find a mentor, two big tips. Number one is don't be afraid to reach out cold, but when you do, uh, don't ask. Try to build an organic relationship built around a common interest. And then you don't, you don't, need now it's great to have uh, a traditional mentor but that's not the only way to get mentorship so my podcast 30 minute mentors what I try to bring to listeners is the best network of mentors possible so every week listeners can tune in to one of the most successful people in America fortune 500 CEO founder of a household name company uh, retired general, retired admiral, Hall of Fame athlete. The concept is that you don't even need to know your mentor to get mentorship from them. This is something that I've heard from so many of my guests on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I had a guest who I interviewed recently, 
and I asked him, what's your best tip on the topic of mentorship? How can anyone find a great mentor? And he said, I've gotten so much great mentorship from people who I've never met, from people who I don't know, from Steve Jobs, from Jeff Bezos. I've never met them, but I watch their content on YouTube. I listen to interviews they do. I did an interview with someone recently who said the exact same thing about Oprah Winfrey. She said, Oprah is my mentor. And I've read every one of Oprah's books. I've listened to every one of Oprah's interviews. Uh, I did an interview with the founder of E-Entertainment. He said the exact same thing. He, he mentioned a few of the great uh, entrepreneurs and CEOs who, he, who we know. He said, those are my mentors. You don't need to know your mentors. The last point I'll make is that I, I talk about a concept, I've coined the phrase mini mentors. And mini mentor is, it could be someone like you, it could be someone like me. It's doesn't you, your mentor doesn't need to be someone who you go out to lunch with once a week or once a month. Your mentor doesn't need to be someone who you have a deep, intimate relationship with. Your mentor could be someone who you get on the phone with once, who you connect with one time or once a year or once every couple of years. But that one conversation could be a game changer. And when you think, Ali, about the number of times in your life where you might have spoken to someone once or once a year and you go back to that one conversation you say, you know what, what I took from that conversation, I was able to apply and it was able, I was able to make a huge impact in my life and my business and my career because of what I was able to take away. I, I can tell you personally, I can count on more than one hand, on more than two hands, the number of times that's happened to me. So I implore anyone listening to try to think creatively about the topic of mentorship. Yeah, well, it's happened to me exactly. I was remembering like the time, like at some, like maybe a seminar or somewhere, like in a meeting, I just heard something from someone that I didn't know, but that really helped a lot in what I was thinking, you know, about the others, others issues. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, and then the video and the contents, you know, we have really access to all those videos online from Steve Jobs, you know, their experiences on like how they implement on the strategy and then what happened. So, yeah, I think that's a great advice to even like you can, there are tons of like resources that people can learn from. Uh, we have, we are clo getting close to the end of the podcast. I wish we could have uh, five more hours at least. But then, uh, as the last question is my most favorite question that I ask always is, how do you define success? Oh, I love that question. What is your definition of success? What does success mean to you? And what success means to me is going to be different than what it means to so many of your listeners. And the first thing I would tell you is that the most important thing is to have a definition of success. Because no matter what your definition of success is, it's critical to have one so that you're focused on something that you're focused on an end game your end game could be different than my end game but you need to have one so i love that question great question my definition of success is making a positive impact in the lives of others am i able to make someone's life better am i able to in some way shape or form enhance the lives of those around me and if I do that, then I've been successful. That's how I measure success.
It was a great answer. Yeah, I really love this question. And I usually don't give like the same like instructions. I don't say anything else. Like, is it like all your personal life or business? So we'll just wait to see like what the guests are replying to this. Great. Uh, how people can um, uh, contact you, or reach out to you if they wanted to, you know, be uh, you know, maybe the access to your podcast or if you wanted to have, ask any questions. I try to make it really easy. It's just my name, Adam Mendler. So you can find me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, at Adam Mendler. You can go to adammendler.com. My podcast is 30 Minute Mentors, all spelled out, the word 30 Minute Mentors. You could find it on 30minutementors.com and on just about every podcasting app, whatever app you're listening to this great podcast on. And Ali, thank you so much. This was so much fun. And thank you to everyone listening. Yeah, hope that you had as much fun as I had. Thank you. And we're going to include all the links uh, to your podcast and to your website and all the descriptions as well. Uh, it was a really great talk. I really love talking to you about the leadership. I'm sure that we can go on and on and on for hours. So uh, and I hope we can have you in the future again. Thank you for joining me, Adam. Thank you. This was so much fun.